Friends Drive and Double Feature presents 70s Friends of Frankenstein, episode 34. I'm your host, Dan. How you doing? This is a minute-by-minute podcast covering two fun Frankenstein knockoffs from 1973, America's Blackenstein and Italy's Frankenstein 80. Uh, we are on the 34th minute of each of these fellas. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if I need to sit again, but Blackenstein, we're watching the home video version on the Synapse Blu-ray, and we start 40 seconds in. So we're going to start off with Frank, uh, Blackenstein chat, then Frankenstein 80 chat. Frankenstein 80 begins 10 seconds in to the German Blu-ray. But, um, so there you go. Uh, so we're, we're actually beginning at, um, if you're on the Blu-ray right now, home video version, 3340. You see Malcolm um, having going to cause some trouble covering the tray that he has and sort of looking around you realize like um, Winifred is probably like six feet away from him or something as he's doing this they, they make it seem like she's miles away or in another room but no she's right there um uh, so he's done a bad thing and uh we're gonna I'm just gonna hop right in let's do it let's uh let's hear minute 34 of Blackenstein home video version Well, I believe we're ready for the final stages of our operation. Fine, Doctor. I'm ready. Switch one. Basically, 60 seconds of Kenneth Strickfadden stuff flashing all over the place. Um, Dr. Stein and Winifred kind of looking around and prepping stuff. And shots of Joe Sue lying there, kind of with his eyes closed, sort of moving, eyelids sort of moving occasionally. Yeah, lots of close-ups of the equipment. We rented the equipment from Kenneth Strickfadden. We're going to get use from it, okay? And that's really it. I mean, it's so, it's so odd with... Um, because uh, like, like I've said before, um, and I've said this many times before, I watched this film on video probably f- three or four times before I saw it in the theater. When I saw it in the theater, it seemed to be a much quicker, much more fun film. Whereas it, it's a little logy in this home video version, and it continues to be. I mean, we are 34 minutes into a 87-minute film, and... You know, there's signs of some intrigue or something happening, but literally, like, nothing's happened apart from a bit of melodrama. Nothing's happened. I mean, we know something bad is going to happen now because the DNA or the RNA or whatever the hell it was was switched, and we know something's going to happen soon. But it's it's so weird because it's like you, um, uh, you expect a film to do something more interesting than this, really, don't you? I mean, uh, by this point. I mean, you're over half an hour into it. What was it, um... Pauline Kael, when she reviewed Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, which she wasn't a fan of, um, said that um, you can... I, I forget exactly what her quote was. Like Most people, when they go into a movie theater, they, they're, they're going in there to be entertained and to enjoy themselves. And they'll give you 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, to do something. 
with The Shining because it was such a big thing and because it looks so great. Jack Nicholson's in it, Shelley Duvall's in it, uh, Scatman's in it. Um, you, you're willing to give it a little bit more time. But after a certain amount of time, you think, when's stuff going to happen? When are things going to occur? What what is, what is the thinking in the head of the person who put this together? I say the person who put this together rather than the director because I don't know if William Levy had anything to do with this home video version. Like, what is going through the head of this? I mean, presumably you've spent your dollar, two dollars, three dollars on the rental of this movie. You're home watching it. You know that there will be a big monster called which we're calling Blackenstein and it's going to show up at some point so who cares that we're 34 minutes in and nothing of the sort is is nearby yeah it's um I want to since I'm mostly I, just, I want I'm going to pause it for a moment and I just want to see I haven't been doing this for the last few minutes just because we know that the theatrical is ahead we know that I mean the theatrical is what 79 minutes so so at this point we're almost drawn up close to halfway into the theatrical but let me just check to see where the theatrical is if um if eddie is um is on the prowl yet if they know something's wrong with eddie um i do notice that one of the things with eddie right here the uh, one of the shots of him um on the on the gurney if you look at his um is it is it the the bra his brow you know like his brow above his eyes is that a, a bone or is that what is that going down yeah i guess so like going down towards his nose is is very prominent um, and I only say that because that's going to come up a little later, I believe. I just noticed that now. I don't know if that's the, the high def or what that is. But yeah, literally this minute is is just the the, the equipment going and, and everything. And I mean, I guess maybe, I don't know, like if, if, you, if you were a, like a boomer and you, you grew up with shock theater and Frankenstein and stuff, to be sitting in a theater in 73 watching this and seeing all that stuff may legitimately make you flash your mind to Frankenstein and the Frankenstein movies from Universal I possibly I have I have recently I read um uh I think I, I think I've, I've said this um I said this somewhere maybe maybe here Mel Brooks's um uh All About Me biography where he talks about making young Frankenstein because what was it like Blazing Saddles was made in 73 and came out in early 74 and immediately at the beginning of 74, they started making Young Frankenstein, which came out, I think, at the end of 74. Yeah, it came out before Christmas of 74. And one of the things they did was they went to Ken the Strict Fan's house, and he showed him, like, in a garage or a warehouse or a barn or something, all the equipment, and they rented it and put it in the movie. The thing I love about it is that no one says, like, a year before, it featured in Blackenstein. I love the fact that the direct, the producer, Celetary, of this went to Ken the Strict Fan also and said, do you have any equipment? Yes, I do. Rented it to these guys. And they all crammed it in a, like a small warehouse room. <laughs> Whereas uh, 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 Mel Brooks has this go the gorgeous um, uh, Frankenstein-esque design. I forget the name of the gentleman who designed Young Frankenstein, but the gorgeous room with all ev everything in it. And, and of course, it's in black and white. So it's a fun bi uh, autobiography if you haven't read it. It's a, it's a fun one. I uh, I think I, I said this on here. I said this on uh, on the other. It's not as I don't think it's as well written as Woody Allen's apropos of nothing, um, but it is it is a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so so that's this minute. I'm gonna pause it uh, for a second. Just I just want to check where we are in the theatrical. Huh. This minute over in the theatrical is the minute where Fritz or Hans or whatever goes crazy and they have to put the straitjacket on him and and give him an injection. Which is much earlier, which we've already seen in the home video version. 
huh that's weird because I'm not sure where we are I, I, I feel like in the theatrical you see Hans or whatever with his leg and he's having some trouble with his, his DNA and so when Malcolm switches them he's not switching them he, he's switching them because it's different DNAs and what we're seeing in this minute in the theatrical is, is Hans or Fritz or whatever his reaction to getting Eddie's DNA whereas that, that, that's not the way it's played in the home video version makes much more sense than the theatrical. I should have done the theatrical. I should have, I should have just stuck to my guns and done the theatrical because I think it's far more interesting. Um, although it is interesting discussing what they, they crap around with on the, um, on the home video version. But So that, I'll just stop right there and we'll hop to Frankenstein 80. That is interesting. We'll, we'll check the minutes next time on, on both of them for Blackenstein. But, but Frankenstein 80, where were we? Oh, yes, the lady was nude in bed and inviting Mosaic to join her. Why don't you get undressed? But don't you have any money? Huh? Oh, well, I should say you do. And how? What's your name? Huh? Don't bother, honey. Save your strength. Why don't you get undressed now? You can go in there if you're shy. Go on. Speaking of young Frankenstein, this uh, this scene ends with a nude mosaic. Uh, you can't see below his waist walking out towards the prostitute so I imagine there's, imagine there's going to be some Schwanstucker jokes or something like that I don't think anyone's going to break into song but I think that's about to happen poor Mosaic he's got like two huge scars on his forehead there's one scar that like runs along the edge of his eye and does like a it looks like his, it's almost like you could use his head as a globe with all those scars on it what is what is Dr. Frankenstein thinking at the end of the day when you look at you look at stuff like this and you see how beat up this guy is and how he, he can barely speak when she asks his name and, and what is he what is he thinking and every time it goes horribly wrong I mean how many you know even counting young Frankenstein which goes alright in the end you know it, it goes hello handsome you know it just goes it goes so wrong so many times and that's the um, that's the point of it you know when Mary Shelley wrote it I'm sure she wasn't thinking ahead to, hmm, will they do a Blackenstein? Will they do a Frankenstein 80? Hmm, young Frankenstein. I'm interested in all these things. No. But yeah, this, this one is basically the nude woman in the bed, and, and sometimes she looks like, yeah, let's do this. And when he goes to change, her face drops, and she has a bit of, ugh. But then she immediately perks back up, smiles, smiles, you know, tits and teeth. And... He does, he does have money. He throws a handful of money, which she gets really excited about. And she changes the lighting in the room, which I find fun. So it doesn't change that much, but it does change. So I think more red, I think, more New Orleans. Uh, but uh, but it's funny because the, the place where... Um, it's weird because she, she goes in that room and she sits in that... Um, 
in that bed and it's nice isn't it you think well it's a little small and cramped but you figure there's a there's probably at least a bathroom nearby but but the the place mosaic is strolling out like he's strolling back into the room there's what looks like possibly a bathroom door open behind him and there's hallway to the left of of the screen to the right of mosaic so there's clearly this is probably a regular sized apartment because but because she's a prostitute instead of a couch i like that because she's a prostitute instead of a couch in your living room when someone enters your apartment there's a bed that makes sense right you're adjusting i mean that's your home office it's like when you do your taxes you have to measure off like how much of this is you know how how much of this space is used for your business and i guess you measure bet like a king size space you know or a california king i don't know if they had that back then but yeah this is just basically mosaic standing there confused it, it seems like he's confused he doesn't know what's going on but then when he needs to he always knows what's going on so he gives her money when she asks for money when she says you know get dressed and come back he he's he gets, gets undressed get undressed and come back he 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 does that but it doesn't um I don't think we're ever going to get more into uh, Mosaic's mind. I mean, we know that, um, you know, his body has been rejecting organs. Um, and he's a big guy. And uh, you, you, you wonder sort of like, is is he there specifically to test out the new, forgive me, the new gonads? Or, or is he there just because he's kind of, forgive me, a horny gentleman? Maybe his brain was from a real horn dog. I don't know. But... Um, it's funny i I just thought would would it be fun if they had like after Animal House came out if they like had a king frat style rip off you know like um i'm I'm like a gorp or um any one of the other myriad of of, of um animal house rip offs um where they put um where he was like the sort of um the John Belushi type character, just this big mindless ape. Wouldn't that have been funny? Was there one like that? Or maybe like there was a scientist in the fraternity, he made a walking dead guy who just kind of shambled around and did goofy things and maybe had a really long wang. I don't know, but that that would be funny. Or maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe that's a terrible idea. Maybe you should forget I said that. But I, I like the idea of that now. But this one, much like Blackenstein, is just a lot of electricity going off. This is a lot of electricity not going off. And so he's going to stroll in, and then hopefully something will happen. At least more has happened in this movie than has happened in Blackenstein, I will say that. Um, not a lot more. This has just been a little... Uh, frank, black, the, the problem with Blackenstein, especially the home video version, is you're hoping just from the name that it might be a little goofy. But it's not really. And Frankenstein 80 does have some goofiness in it, which I like. So we'll, we'll come back to it next time with episode 30-whatever. Uh, what are we on? 35. And um, and uh, hopefully there'll be some... I mean, it looks like there's going to be excitement, right? Like the end of the last experiment with Eddie and Mosaic approaching the nude prostitute as he's nude. I think, I think we're in for a fun episode 35. Listen to this. 